The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. Our show is about the power of water worldwide and your health and the issues of water. And uh, your body is water, as you know. And did you know that? The ocean is 97% of the world's water. 3% is only fresh water, but only 1% is usable. Example, United Nations has announced that if you had a bucket of water and you put in a bucket uh, uh, all this water, you'd only have one, if you think of that, the whole wide world, there's only one teaspoon available to drink out of a bucket of water in the world. So if you put all the water in the world together in a bucket, there's only one teaspoon for a person, for individuals to use. The United Nations has discovered that each person needs to have 20 to 50 liters of safe, fresh water to live a day. For drinking, cleaning, cooking, one in six people worldwide, 894 million people do not have access to life-saving water. Worldwide, diarrhea is the leading cause of illness and death. There are one billion children in the world out there that do not have basic sanitation because there's no water. Every 20 seconds, a child dies. That is unexcusable. And a modern way we live today all over the world, you know, I hope you join me. And we'll go into those countries of the world to their leaders and their politicians and let's embarrass them that they're not making possible water for their children and the mothers to be able to have a healthy life and to live. Can you imagine what is happening in these countries of the world not providing water for every single child and its mother? And the reason I bring up mothers It's the women out there that are carrying the water every day from dawn to bring water to the family by the bucket, and they can come from a distance by the bucket. The mothers are making sure their children are surviving, but of course the mother would think that way. She brought them into the world. She wants them to live, but without water, there is no life on earth at all. Then there's the other side, the breath of life, of moisture in the air, the humidity, to keep us alive until there's no water to drink. Well, this is sad. I truly believe this show has been on five years this month of March. There should be a crusade, and shall we Twitter, that there should be an embarrassment to the leaders of the world that do not make it possible that everybody in their country 
the children have a glass of water to drink, water enough for sanitation, and their mothers to be able to survive their children. So, and, and on the earth per person, the earth ha- takes, it takes 2,000 to 5,000 liters of water to produce just our daily food. So let's stop think, start thinking about what are we going to do together. Let's bring the show together as a team effort, like the laboratory, and start understanding what is happening to this world to consider the fact that we talk about terrorism, we talk about uh, uh, what's happening with life and death and diseases, but water is a big issue to even fight diseases. So let's think about it every single day. On March 22nd is World Water Day. Let's get serious. Let's do something. Today on our show, we have Dr. Kathy Groover, a Ph.D. She has written many books about the uh, medicine cabinet and your health. And I can hardly wait for you to hear from her because you've always heard me say, don't run to the medicine cabinet. There are other ways of balancing your health without, with alternatives without running to the medicine cabinet. Our second guest, if they come on from Australia, is he was, uh, he was uh, going to be on today. We haven't been able to get a hold of him, but if we do, Jeff Valcolo. He's the author of Australia, the New Land of Opportunity, and they're going to discuss the water. If Jeff is not on today, we will have Jeff on another time. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Miss, sponsored by Biologic Aqua Research Center. I am the founder of Biologic Aqua. My field has been, for many, many years, over two decades, just understanding the value of water and your health and the use of handheld portable device of using water as a mist, as a spray, to carry with you, to be able to use as your convenience. But for the eyes, did you know that your eyes at the surface and your aqueous layer are 99% water? That if you use an eye drop without the mist, it floods the tear film of your eyes to dehydrate? So remember, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only worldwide product to be able with just a mist, 100% tissue culture grade water, to mist the eyes for dry eye, allergies, contact lenses. If you're tired sitting at a computer all day, can you imagine how exhausted and fatigued your eyes are? With just a mist, nature's tears eye mist. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Groover. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Gruber, are you with us? I am very happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. I was really fascinating getting to know you through what I was reading, and you you got into alternative medicine, a uh, natural method of keeping people, away, uh, learning to be more proactive away from running to the medicine cabinet, and I'll add running to the doctor because they have a sneeze. Right. Uh, tell me how you got where you're, what started this, because a lot of people, all of us that have got into the natural side of health issues have learned that there's something that can be improved to make things better than being being you must be proactive about your your other everyday health care. How did you start? Did you have a personal something that happened, or do you just decided uh, to do something to make a change? Right. Well, you know, I, it's funny, Sharon. I think I shot out of the womb trying to massage the doctor. Um, <laughs> I just—it's always been a part of my life. Even as a little kid, I would sit behind my dad on long car trips and rub his neck so he didn't get headaches. Uh-huh. And um, I was a theater major in college, but I was also always still into the massage and the alternative medicine. So my life progressed as this—these two parallel paths where I was performing, and I was also really just sort of obsessed with the healing aspect of things. Um, my mom died when I was young. So I'm sure that contributed to my interest in alternative medicine. She had very, very uh, severe issues with cancer. And in thinking about it, I don't know that it was so much watching her be sick that was inspiring to, to me to, to get into this field, but watching my father as a caregiver and seeing the sacrifices he made and how good he was with her and the compassion and patience that my dad showed, uh, I think was definitely an inspiration to help me feel compassion and, and patience with people who are sick. So now I have uh, about 60% of my practice is still medical massage, and I do uh, lots of public speaking. I'm working on a TV show right now. I do lots of radio interviews and you know, with my book and such. So to me, the, the point is education. I want to help people be empowered that, oh, that they wonderful. can take control. Wonderful. You know, at, I'm going to tell you real quickly uh, before I get started here with you, uh, the reason I started Biologic Aqua Research Center is many years ago, I was president of the American Cancer Society for many years. And they put me on the State Board of Health because I really believed that education could save lives, right. health education. And, but I was very fascinated, doctor, by the stress of somebody being diagnosed with cancer or terminal cancer, the stress they went through. And a lot of the patients that were under so much stress and the family put a lot of stress on the patient because the family was worried. Right. So I decided to study stress. What can we do to relieve that stress? And I ran into, by accident... That um, and I noticed that sometimes somebody, some individuals who were diagnosed with cancer but not terminal, for some reason they couldn't battle it, and they were succumbed by it. When the person who was diagnosed terminal fought it and was and would, would be able to live many many years and actually go in to remission. Right. So that's why I went after stress. What can we get them to release the stress to live with it? Make city account, in other words, right. and uh, live with it. Well. I started studying the, the dehydration of the body. And then all of a sudden, I was looking, oh, my gosh, that causes the stress. As if your stress is causing dehydration and the whole body is now mostly water and that uh, diseases are related to dehydration, even itch on the toe, I saw that's why I did what I did. And I think what you probably are looking back on, that it had to be quite an influence to want to do something 
to battle a disease of any kind, I don't care if it's an itch on the toe, what it might be, is how can you figure this out to, to uh, learn how to be more proactive, how to take better care of ourselves, and if something is diagnosed, we've already learned something about how to take good care of ourselves and maybe go into remission. So I would say you probably had a lot of influence there. Uh, how old were you when your mother passed away? Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you about the medicine cabinet. Yeah. It's time we stop blaming the doctor and rushing to the doctor over everything and, and blaming. We've got to take responsibility. So you're learning, you're, you've been out there putting your hard-earned time and energy investment into getting people to start thinking about getting more proactive and better health education. So what are some of the secrets you've learned? Well, you know, prevention is the key. And, and I have to say, you know, I am not totally opposed to Western medicine. There are times we oh, need yeah. an antibiotic or we need oh, a right. surgery. And their diagnostics are great. And I'm really happy we have the options to turn right. to that if we need to. Um, but, you know, one of the things, and I agree with you, we need to go back to the really basic tenets of naturopathy, of nature medicine, which is fresh air, fresh water, move your body, eat good food, and decrease your stress. And, and then, then add one more just... sleep and drink, yeah, and sleep, drink yeah. water, but sleep. Did you, people we found in research, look at when they go to bed, doctor, they think it's got to come naturally to lay your head on the pillow. Right. They've got to learn how to sleep, too, besides right. all those other things they're learning. Exactly. But go on. You know, yeah, yeah, you're right. Back to those, if we go back to those basics, then we're going to need less from Western medicine. Mm-hmm. We're going to need less prescriptions and less doctors. And, you know, to me the big issue now is the food because our food is so corrupt Nutrition. with things that we're not even aware are in them. And, you know, that's exactly. another call-your-government issue. Uh, it's really scary what's happening to our food supplies and what's in our packaged food. And it's, it's getting to a critical mm-hmm. level where we've got, you know, children who are so obese and dealing with diseases like type 2 diabetes that are, were normally a middle-aged heavy person disease, um, it's starting to get really scary, and I think we have to learn about what things like high fructose corn syrup and MSG and genetically modified foods, we really need a, a broader education as to what those are, how to locate them, and what to do about them before we put them in our mouths. And you know, one other thing I might add to there, because we're seeing all this uh, uh, fact that there's people who are overweight, but there are people who are not overweight, who are not eating the right foods. Their nutrition right. is is causing them no end of pain and problems. Right. So people, I would like for people, personally, Kathy, to start thinking that when you get out of bed in the morning uh, and your lifestyle choice is what you're eating. Yep. Definitely, and that's true. I mean, we are living in a country where we can pretty much eat whenever we want. It's constantly available, but we're still malnourished, full people. Yeah. You know, we might have the food on our plate, and we might have put it in our bodies, but we're not getting the nutrients and the nourishment that right. we need from it. So, you know, we can yeah, we can totally have malnourished people in this country. I mean, we do. We absolutely do. I see them every day. And is it possible, and I always, this show to me, Doctor, is always kind of like a laboratory for the world to come and listen and the world to join us like yourself, and without the special guests that we've had on from all over the world, from Nobel Prize winners to doctors like yourself who write books, doctors, founders of different technology. But the one thing I've learned here is this is like a laboratory. So when I look at what people are eating, maybe the overweight was because they were allergic to something that caused a dehydration that backed up a toxin that they were not digesting. And we need to learn what, what we're eating. Can it be digested? Everything we eat has got to have a nutritional value to give us energy, not make us feel sluggish. Right. 
Absolutely. And, you know, that's true. You know, people take their vitamins or they eat their food because they think they need a certain thing. And it, it, you have to ask, is it, first of all, bioavailable bio to the body? And is the body exactly. able to actually process what you're putting in it? If you're giving it vitamins but the body can't process the vitamins, you're still going to be deficient. And exactly. so much of that is what's happening in the gut with the flora and, you know, the, the probiotics that we should be taking for our colon and getting enough water and the stress. Stress really slows our digestion there down. There you go. So if yeah. we if we aren't getting that stress relief, and, you know, we can't really control the stress. We can't control that external thing. And, you know, we're living in a time right now where the world is pretty scary, and I, I see so many people worried about the economy both personally and on a global scale, and are they going to lose their job, and they already did lose their job. And, you know, we can't necessarily control those external things, but we can control our reactions to them and our thoughts Here about them. And I think right. that's so important for stress is not trying to change all this unchangeable stuff, but just trying to change our mind, which we always have power to do. And well, I'm getting to know who you are, the person. <laughs> you know, we take so much time getting to know all these other people mm-hmm. and what's going on, but if you get to know the person, your skin, your, who you are, and how you live with your life, and how what makes you feel good, and what makes you maybe not feel so good, right. and how you're sleeping, you're digesting, drinking enough water is the solvent, and energy, and oxygen, then all of a sudden, you've got a full-time enjoyment of getting to know you, the hobby of you. Yep. So you just said it there, what you were saying. Um, now, you got into massage, and I truly believe, and you told me about your entertaining background, but that is what the rhythm of ours is all about, don't you think, Doctor? It's rhythming life around you, and then the massage of touching uh, your your skin and, and the massage of getting to know who you are. But you were a mas- uh, masseuse, we'll call it, first before you got into the, uh, the other. Yeah, I started actually, I mean, even as a little kid, like I said, I was I was rubbing people's backs and their necks, yeah. and then in college I very accidentally apprenticed with a woman who taught me the basics of body work and not only how to be a good massage therapist, but also dealing with herbs and homeopathics and teas. You know, she used to show up with just baskets of things for us students totally for free. She never charged us. And I ended up apprenticing with her for three years. And the day before my last day of college, and I was a theater major, I turned to my dad and I said, hey, I'm so excited to get out into the world. I'd like to go to chiropractic school. Can I re-enroll? And he looked at me and he said, like, heck, you are, because he just paid for four years of school. And I really, I didn't want to be a chiropractor anyway. Um, but that, this was a time, this was 22 years ago. They didn't have massage licensing. They didn't have massage therapists. You know, that was such a fringe thing back in the, in the early 90s. There weren't a lot of places that were licensing and certifying. So I didn't know what to do with this newfound talent. Um, and now I know. I have a thriving practice in California, and I teach massage, and I write about it. And it's expanded into so many other things. And now, you know, I've earned multiple in degrees. And, medicine. And when what? You got a PhD in natural medicine. I got a PhD in natural medicine. In natural health, yeah. Natural health. And so I've expanded my knowledge. You know, I studied a couple times at Harvard. I'm heading back there in a couple months to go oh. for a big pain management seminar. And, oh, you know, I love the learning because I know the more I learn, the more I can teach. Now, let's back up to clients. the pain for a second because I try to, I'll, I'll interrupt quite a bit so we can get it at, as you say things that I think they're going to be valuable as you say them. Pain. Yeah. And the addiction to pain medicine, and even over-the-counter pain medicines, have gotten out of control because people yeah. are trying to release mental pain, physical pain, uncomfortableness, and they've talked themselves into it sometimes. Yeah, pain, pain is a signal that something's wrong, and I think we all forget that. And, you know, occasionally we have a headache, maybe because we're dehydrated, we didn't get enough sleep, we had too much alcohol, which is dehydrating, you know, whatever the issue is. But we have to and remember eat the right food. 
yeah, pain, pain is the body going, um, hello, something's wrong, you need to address us. Uh, and I see pain as, as not only being an indicator of a physical issue, but sometimes an emotional issue. Exactly. And where your pain is located, I mean, I, I look at people who come to my office and they say, I have a pain in my neck, and I say, great, what's their name? Yeah. You know, there's this, this emotional component that goes along with it. And, yeah. you know, Louise Hay had, you know, she's written however many books about these connections between where our discomfort is, our dis-ease, and what's yeah. happening with us emotionally. So. Yeah. I think we need to pay att- attention to our pain or it's going to start throwing a tantrum and it's going to develop into something really big. Um, and, I, you know, everybody that comes to my office has, has pain, um, either emotional well, isn't or physical. fascinating, you know, doctor, that a lot of people think if they have pain that they either had to fall down and have pain right. or the brain is causing something of stress that is they can't control. And we've got all these diagnoses where they're... they're uh, writing prescriptions for these people to have all these painkillers. Right. And those are incredibly addictive. Oh, um, and, you know, there, there are times, you know, I, had, I got a concussion. I whacked myself on a shelf. I had, I had a, a rebound, uh, rebound pain about two days later, so the doctor was afla- afraid I had a slow bleed. I couldn't bend over. I couldn't lay down. I was in so much pain. And he said, you know, what's your pain level? And I said, it's a 10, and my 10 is everybody else's 20 because I have an incredible mm-hmm. tolerance for pain. Mm-hmm. And he started to write me a prescription, and I said, what are you giving me? And he said, Vicodin. And I said, I don't want to take Vicodin. Yeah. And he said, well, are you allergic to it, or have you had a bad experience? And I said, no, I don't want to take a narcotic. And he looked at me, and he said, Kathy, if you have no problem from an addiction level or from a, an allergy issue or a bad reaction, he said, the body does not like to be in pain. He said, if you're telling me your pain is a 10 and that's everybody else's 20, your body's going to become incredibly unhappy very fast with this level of pain. Pain management is okay. And he really had to convince me to take the Vicodin. And I was being stubborn. I was being this, I don't do Western medicine. I don't need your little pills. And, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. that was the attitude I had. And I, I took a Vicodin and I realized, holy crap, I feel so much better. And why, though, I mean, there has to have that balance, uh, Sharon, between, you know, running to the doctor mm-hmm. and being smart about when you run to the doctor. Right. I should have taken a pain pill. I mean, I should have. I was in so much pain. It was ridiculous to put yeah. my body through that kind of trauma. Yeah. Now, if I'm taking one a day or three or four a day because it feel, makes me feel good, that's when we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and don't you balance. think also, doctor, that every, there's a there's something that people forget nowadays, and, and that's my end to remind everybody with my world. But when you take a, any type of tablet, no different than water, please drink a full yeah. glass of water. A lot of times they'll take a sip of water and get it down, and right. off they go. If you have a full glass of water with the tablet, whatever it is, it will help it become dissolving and work even faster to give you what it's intended to be, what it was invented to do. Correct. But people have a tendency to drink a quick glass of, of a sip. Right. And then during the day, because they know they're on a medication or they've taken a supplement, a vitamin supplement, they have to drink water during the day to keep that actively working without it becoming isolated into the body where it didn't dissolve. Right. Isn't yep. that correct? That that is absolutely correct, and I, you're right. I mean, I see people take you know this one little sip; they barely get a shot glass of water in to take the pill down, and that's a really good point. We need to remember that so many of our um, the, the little aches and pains and issues we have throughout the day can be dehydration. And people talk to me about energy, and I've you know energy levels, and I've written a lot about that. As far as you know, you hit that afternoon slump, and everyone reaches for the candy bar. Well, it's not a candy well, bar. Now, ca- uh, doctor, they're going for this darn, and I hope I'm not going to step on your toes, but. I'm anti those energy drinks. Yes, I am too. 
And uh, I and uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But anyway, go on about the energy that people. We all get tired. Sure, of course. <laughs> and, and oftentimes we need deep breaths because we need to get oxygen to where it needs to go. Take or some breath. We're dehydrated and we need a bunch of water. Or we've had too many carbs for lunch and we're hitting that carb crash. There we go. Which is why I think we need to really balance our food with protein. Thank you brought and up fat. That carbohydrates can wear you out and all co- yeah. so cause maybe pain. Yeah. Because yeah. if our muscles start to dry out, exactly. you know, it's, they're going to get crumbly and brittle. And, you know, we need to keep our muscles hydrated. We need to keep our brain hydrated or we're going to have brain fog and, and muscle cramps. And you know, there's all sorts of things we need. But, yeah, the energy drinks, you know, especially these college students that are mixing them with vodka oh. um, because it keeps them up longer and it gives them this feeling of invincibility. They're mixing, them, they're mixing them with, with hard liquor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh uh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big, big craze right now. It started probably four or five years ago. But, yeah, it's really dangerous because it masks the feeling of being drunk so you can drink more. And at this point, all these college students are taking notes and going, yay, I can drink more. Um, but it's not a good thing because it it gives you this feeling of invincibility, and people are going to start making poor choices. They're either going to get behind the wheel of a car because they don't feel as drunk, or there's been so many incidents of you know women who have hooked up with men um, in a sexual way that are, is completely inappropriate and out of their normal realm of behavior, but because they're so messed up with this, you know, the alcohol right. and the energy drinks, they don't really know what they're doing. And they've woken up the morning, you know, the morning after with more than enough regrets because they didn't realize what they were doing. So, you know, Ka- really- uh, Dr. Ka- uh, uh, I'm sorry if I called Kathy one, but Dr., oh. sometimes I think about, you know, I don't, I'm really uh, against the government telling me all day long and everybody else how we should be d- taking responsibility for our lives. Uh, in other words, they don't think we're smart enough to figure it out. And that's almost humiliating. Uh, yes, we need government regulations to protect people from themselves, maybe, uh, or other reasons of protection. But this energy drink thing is really worrying me, doctor. Uh, we are in a society where we came from an accepted in the 60s and 70s, using marijuana and illegal drugs, quote, accepted. Mm-hmm. And then it came along to where a generation became addictive to wanting to feel better about what. And they didn't realize the addiction means it's controlling you. You don't go out and say, I'm going to become addicted by doing this. It, it take, it, the addiction takes control of the person, and they don't really know they're addicted. And when they do become addictive, they don't, they don't even admit it because they really don't believe it could happen that way. Sure. But the body is in control of that human life. It becomes a robot without the human life being involved. Addiction. These energy drinks are concerning to me with dehydration, doctor. Mm-hmm. Because why does a person speed up energy? It's because of dehydration and the molecule, the oxygen, took a surge. But that surge comes down real quick. But there's no two people that have the same eyes, have the same fingerprints, and there are no two people that are actually dehydrating exactly the same. Sure. So they're, not, they're taking a chance with these energy drinks of who will become addictive to them and move on to something else, or are they driving a car when they took too much energy drink and are being controlled, controlled by the one, having to have energy drinks or energy, whatever it's called, highs on uh, this type of, a, of potential of this energy addiction. It's a mental addiction to me. What do you think about that? Well, I think anytime we have an urge to drink something, there's two reasons. We either want something to drink because we're thirsty, and whether it's soda or energy drinks, it's not quenching our thirst. In fact, it's preventing us from drinking things that would quench our thirst, like 
water, <laughs> even teas, you know, um, juices. You know, it's, it's preventing us from drinking better things. And caffeine is incredibly dehydrating. It's hard on the kidneys, so that's making us more thirsty. Um, or we want something sweet because we're tired, so people will reach for the soda because they think they're getting sugar. In reality, they're not mm-hmm. even getting sugar. They're either getting high fructose corn syrup or artificial mm-hmm. sweetener, two of the things that drive me crazy. Um, so I think people just, you know, and it's so funny you say you're, you don't think the government should, you know, say we're too stupid to make decisions. I don't think it's too stupid to, that we're too stupid to make decisions, but I think people don't want to learn. Um, and I find that incredibly sad because look at how many people are still smoking. Right. Does anybody really still think smoke, smoking safe and healthy? And you know, people who are starting because now, of I all the government warning signs. You know, you're 80 and you've been doing it and you can't stop. But I have, you know, I have clients and friends, friends of friends, and kids of friends who are 20 and just now starting to smoke. They don't want to know. They think it's not going to happen yeah. to them. And you know, it, cigarettes are still legal. Um, high fructose corn, MSG is in our food. They're trying to put genetically modified foods in that they're not even going to tell but, us about. But, you know, about. stop it for a second, Doctor, and yeah. think about in, in Manhattan when uh, the, uh, the mayor said, okay, we're not going to have salt. We're not going to have this. We're not gonna have, you know, right. and you're looking at, my God, um, you need a little salt in your diet. But what of I'm course. saying is, what I'm saying is, is I do believe in government education. I yep. do believe in the expense, the, in the, it's a great investment. A constant education coming from scientists in the government to remind people. But my concern is, is what? It, what how far are they going to go? Right. Well, and they pick. To me, they pick silly things. I mean, they're trying. You're to pass, right. They pick silly things. They're trying to pass a no plastic bag ban in the town I live in. Something there that people have to stop and think about. You know, Doctor, I really think you've got a handle on something of the future here with your concentration, your mission of that alternative medicine cabinet. People, this young, let's forget about these so-called, quote, older people that are already don't think they know too much. But young people are craving to learn more than ever in history today. Yep. I think we can, we, they can be reached with health education. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, doctor, and we're going to come back and let's talk about some ideas about these young people out there that are going to be listening. We have a lot of people listening to us on Apple iTunes. And how can we reach them to think about don't go to the medicine cabinet, don't pick up that energy drink, think about some of the other exciting ways to live. Doctor, we'll be right back. World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. You know, we were talking about um, the energy drinks and the difference between an energy drink and drinking good water or having a cup of tea or uh, something that is not maybe so much sugar in it because we're learning more about sugar. I've had doctors on here from Harvard and and from Tufts talking. We've talked about nutrition, how important it is, doctor. And I'm so proud to tell you today there's a doctor, Philip Guggen, uh, pardon me, there's a doctor, Philip uh, Payden, P-A-D-E-N, in Mefford, Oregon. He's an ophthalmologist. And doctor, he just hired, he has his own very successful large clinic, he just hired a medical technician as to come in, and he trained her that when he is through with the, uh, the patient, he's an ophthalmologist, whether it be diabetic or rheumatoid arthritis, macular degeneration, whatever it might be, um, they go to the to this new medical technician and learn more about their diet. Nice. I am so proud of Dr. Payton. Because that is so important to be able to have somebody who wants to work with their diet and get them thinking about their diet, not taking the next energy drink or hopefully a quick fix. And that was what concerned me, and I'm very pleased with your mission, the Alternative Medicine Cabinet book, is because that that is going to be the culture, doctor. I am a believer, and that's why I started this show five years ago, and the world I'm in and what I have created and what I come from with my technology and, and, and research is the fact there is a new culture coming. People are wanting to be, let's say, more sophisticated and learn more how to take care of themselves than running to the medicine cabinet, but what is available with education. Right, and, and the unfortunate thing is so much of the education is coming from the people who are making the big money from you staying sick. Uh, you know, we look at things on TV like the commercials for the high fructose corn syrup or, or whatever the newest health, non-health issue is, and if the government is responsible for the education and the government's being paid by lobbyists and courted by lobbyists to allow these huge profits to happen, whether it's, you know, the genetically modified foods, uh, MSG, the, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because one of the main ways we get our information is corrupt. <laughs> it's, you know, coming through on the TV. And so well, we to, there we're assume... back for a second, for a yep. second. I have to tell you, when I go in and study and I want better education for people, we're in a, uh, we're in a, an environmental time of life in the past 20, 30 years where people have a choice to make. Do you believe everything you hear? Or are there two sides to everything you're hearing? Or are there multiple directions to go to learn more about what you're hearing? That's the one thing the Internet has done, Doctor, is this new young group want to go in and study all the different directions that might be available to learn about one subject. They're not just learning one thing at a time. The one thing I am startled about is they still believe in the, in the quick fix uh, at, so they can sit at the computer longer. Right. And uh, they want to go out and have a fun and they have a quick fix to go have fun. There's all these quick fixes, and that's what's causing this youthful, more than ever in history, addictions. People don't know also, doctor, when I got involved with what I do, too, that the reason they brought me in to study the organ of the eye is it's the influence your eye has over your whole body. And uh, I mentioned, well, the dehydration of the eye is so serious, 
because of the air we're living in, the humidity is affecting it. And then the other one is nutrition. But the other thing is that they didn't realize that when you apply an eye drop, it causes a flooding, a dehydration. And did you know, doctor, they've proven that eye drops can cause an addiction. Yeah. The eye. And why when people go, well, how can the eyes become addicted? It's an organ. It makes a decision of its own also. Of course, what's going on in your comfort level that comes with that. And I found, you know, when I grew up back east, I grew up with chronic sinus infections. And my solution was, well, I'll put nose drops in. Well, what Uh I didn't realize is, you know, even though it says on the package, but, you know, at 16, what the heck do I know? You know, I would put the nose drops in, and I'd be clear for, you know, two or three hours, and then I'd put the nose drops in again. And I was doing this, you know, with 12-hour nose drops every three, four, five hours. And when I moved out to California, the, the allergist who I finally went to see said, oh, my God, girl, what are you doing? And I said, I can't stand the feeling of being stuffed up. I hate that feeling. So the second I'd start to get stuffed up, I'd do the nose drops. Well, yeah. it was not only chemically addicting, there was a rebound of stuffiness, and I found myself, you know, without even knowing it, addicted to nose drops, which is ridiculous. And, and you the know, now I don't use them. But, um, leaves a film. Yeah, it, because of the comfort, you know, because yeah. I couldn't, especially as a theater person, I couldn't get on stage and sound stuffed up. So yeah. I had to make sure I was clear and well-spoken and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it was horrible and, and ridiculous. It was, it was a silly thing. So, but, um, but tell us about now uh, about your nutrition thinking, yeah. uh, because you've been studying that, too, and I'm a big believer in uh, what you eat is who you are. Yes. And I'm not going to go with the overweight snatch. I'm just saying, I don't care who you are, you may not have gained it, but you may, may be eating, not eating the worst food possible for you as a person. Absolutely. What are some of the things you've been learning about nutrition? Well, I think we really have to stay away from things like soda. Um, again, not only does it keep us from drinking good things like water, but the additives, the preservatives, um, it leaches minerals out of the bones. So for teenage girls who are going to be concerned about osteoporosis later, soda is one of the worst things we can have. Um, anyway, it's sweetened is bad for us. Um, I'm a, really a huge proponent of just getting rid of artificial sweetener altogether. Things Me like too. I am. Equals. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, when they first came out with that, I couldn't believe. I thought, oh, my gosh, people are going to overindulge, and I didn't think it was a healthy direction to go at all. No, they're chemicals. They turn to one yeah. turns to formaldehyde in the brain, exactly. and the other turns to chlorine. Why we don't need that in our bodies? So you know, geez, if you're going to, if you have to sweeten, I'd rather see people go back to just plain old fashioned sugar. At least the body knows yeah. what to do with it. You know, at least the body recognizes it and goes, "Oh, I know what to do with that." Yeah. Um, I use stevia when I well, sweeten. Can I things. tell you one real quickly? You're you know better than I probably because you've been studying that part. I often wondered about, oh my gosh. Why don't people start drinking the regular sugar sodas and get away from that diet soda because a diet soda could be killing them? Yeah, but the regular soda doesn't have sugar anymore. It's high fructose corn syrup, which is terrible for us. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was still sugar again, that would be better. But, you know, the uh, body doesn't know what to do with high fructose corn syrup either. So, Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> Just cut out the soda. Just cut it out. Yeah, um, cut it the out. other thing is I think we, we need to add in vitamins and minerals. And, I mean, even Harvard went on the record of saying the best health insurance policy we can have is to take a good quality vitamin and mineral supplement. Mm-hmm. Our soils are depleted. We're not getting the nutrients we need. And there is huge amounts of environmental stress in our air, in our water, in our food, in our lives. So just take a vitamin and mineral supplement. Please make sure it's got minerals also. I'm going to be off guard for you for a second, but it, and, and, and I, I, this is what makes the show fun. I just had somebody on my show who's not an expert, but they were talking about um, the, the Himalayan salts, the different types of salts mm-hmm. that are very good for the body, for minerals. What is your thinking there? 
Yeah, I mean, salt, we do need salt, but, I mean, salt's not going to give us a lot of minerals. It's going to give us sodium, um, you know, uh, and chlorine uh, a little bit. So, yeah, um, I don't know much about taking salts for minerals, so I, I don't know that I can speak yeah, intelligently about it. Himalayan salt, uh, getting people thinking about the different kinds of salt, not the regular white table salt, mm-hmm. but uh, to get back into getting some minerals into your diet. And Okay, so now we're coming along with uh, with nutrition. When you would get out of bed in the morning, what are some of the things that you would recommend for people to to think about when they first get out of bed? Of course, they've got to have a glass of water. But what's, what, what do they do for their nutrition to start the day? Well, I think people who turn to just the carbs, I think that's a really bad choice. You know, they might grab a bagel, they might grab um, you know, some Danish or, or something like that. I think we really need proteins and fats in the morning. And I have an egg almost every day, if not two. Um, eggs are lovely for us. They are not raising our cholesterol. This whole cholesterol thing is a total mess. Wasn't that sad? It oh, really when is. that came out like that? Yeah. And eggs are to, you know, one of the most perfect foods. Um, eat the yolk, too. It's fine because there's components in the white of the egg that actually mm-hmm. counteract any negative effects mm-hmm. from the yolk of the egg. So just eat the whole thing. Um, and I have bacon. <laughs> because I use I use non um, cured uh, with no nitrates and all that stuff in it, so it's as natural bacon as I can. It's organic um, because that gives me a little bit of fat in the morning and some more protein, mm-hmm. so that it sustains me. Because mm-hmm. if I just grab a bagel or a croissant or something like that, I'm hungry in about 45 minutes. I start to get a headache. You know, we need to have a balanced meal in the morning, not just coffee and a piece of toast. It's just right. not going to do it for us. Yeah. Now, what you're thinking about Cheerios? You know, I. I've studied, I've studied the Cheerios, and I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm for having Cheerios for breakfast. I really, I mean, and the reason I say that, but because I'm a believer that when you have your breakfast, like you just said, have an egg. Um, we have in Oregon something that I don't know if you've ever heard of Dave's Killer Bread in Oregon. He lives hmm. up in Portland, Oregon. He started Killer Bread years ago. I've had doctors on the show from other states have heard of Dave's Color Bread, but anyway, it's unbelievable quality. When you lift the loaf of bread, doctor, it has a weight to it, lots of seeds and grain. But anyway, a slice of good bread, uh, maybe a fresh fruit bowl with fresh fruit. Uh, I even like to suggest maybe throwing in some arugula with your fresh fruit or some spinach to get that in there that uh, to get the day started, but what is your thinking on uh, getting more out of it, like getting your, if you're, because sometimes people don't have to, time to eat enough during the day before dinner right. uh, to try to get some of those nutrients in there for the energy they're going to need for the day. Right. And also for immunity protection. Sure. I, I think one of the problems with a lot of the cereals is, first of all, I don't know that we should be eating as much grain as we do. I think it's really hard for some people to process. You know, there's all this gluten stuff going, going right now. It's become this hip new thing, but I, I truly yeah. believe there's some health benefit to certain people cutting out gluten. I'm also not a fan of milk. So you're taking, you know, grain and you're dumping milk on it. And I think cow's yeah. milk is one of the worst things we can be consuming for ourselves, unless it's raw organic, which is harder to get. So to me, that's not the best that's not the best breakfast. It's also really, you know, the nutrients you're getting from it, it's been fortified. It's fortified cereal. So right. they process all the good stuff out, and then they take a handful of vitamins, they throw it in at the end. Yeah. Is our body using it? You know, is yeah. it bioavailable for us, or is it simply on the label because they're allowed to put it on the label because they threw it in? So, well, you know, yeah, and just because the government allowed it to have it on the label doesn't mean it's good for you. Sure, it just means course. that they pass enough testing to finally give up and let them go for it. Right. I, I'm, I, have to, I say that. And, and, uh, but, again, back now for lunch in between or a snack in between, what, what, what would you recommend? Because people do need energy. And oh, maybe course. they did more than normal and they're drinking the right water. 
during the day, good water, but they are losing some energy. What are some of the secrets to getting some energy without going to the the ones that have uh, all the caffeine? Right. I like, uh, you know, nuts are great because they're high in protein. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got some really good usable fats in them. I love avocados, um, trail mix, things like that. If anybody has a Trader Joe's near them, Trader Joe's has a really lovely trail mix. It comes in little individual serving bags. So I keep those in my office. Um, I like beef jerky. If you get good beef jerky, not the stuff that's basically salt in a stick form. Um, There's something called a paleo pack, which a client of mine always gives me as a tip. And it's, it's based on the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. You you can get it online. It's bloody expensive. Now, how do you spell it, how do you spell paleo? Uh, P A L E O. Okay. So it's a paleo snack, uh, paleo pack, something like that, and it's beef jerky with nuts and seeds in almost this sort of teriyaki sauce. But huh. it's free range cattle. It's everything made humanely, mm-hmm. and I tell you, it's really really great. And I'm a I'm a fast metabolizer. I'm a protein person. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's the perfect kind of snack. Is even grabbing mm-hmm. a piece of turkey. Um, you know, I have a little fridge at my office, and I keep uh, slices of cheese, and I keep slices of you know sliced turkey. And if I'm mm-hmm. starting to lose mm-hmm. it, I go and just roll the turkey and the cheese together, and I, I eat that, mm-hmm. and that'll keep me going. And the nuts Why are great you too. Take that, you can even take that turkey and roll it around some fresh asparagus uncooked oh, or fresh other uh, greens, and and make a little something with that to add mm-hmm. some others to it to make it delicious. Uh, what do you do for sweets? You know, doctor, I have a I, I never have sugar hardly ever, but I'm human. I get this craving for something sweet. What do you do for something sweet? I'm not a sweet person. I would okay. prefer salty. So I'll do okay. a bag of microwave popcorn or I'll do chips okay. with a little bit of salsa because I want the salsa. I'm actually not a chip person. To me, it's yeah. a vehicle to get the good stuff on top of it. Um, if I'm going to do something sweet, um, I really like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And I will sit down. Oh, oh, I and I will sit down. You know, but it's, it's one okay. of those Every once in a while, treats and and I found well, that we call that it, we call that cheating, but we know no. But let me tell you why we got to drink enough water. <laughs> we have become so militant about our food in this country, yeah. and there are people who swear they're never going to have another bite of chocolate or swear they're never. By the way, so, which Ben and Jerry's do would you like? I like the chocolate uh, chocolate fudge chunk. Oh, I and love I love yeah, the dark cherry cho- one. It's chocolate chocolate <laughs> ice cream with chunks of oh brownie chocolate fudge brownie or whatever. Oh, I mine chocolate is the cherry. Brownie. Um, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! It's today. <laughs> I I subscribe to the eighty twenty rule. Eighty percent of the time, you do the absolute best you can, yeah. and twenty percent of the time, you can either give yourself a treat or give yourself a break, or maybe you're traveling somewhere where yeah. literally you have two really bad food choices, but you have to eat something, or you'll go <laughs> hypoglycemic. You know, there are times that I think yeah. we just have to allow ourselves that break of having yeah. something that's not on the list. You know, and eighty twenty is good because if we I've got to tell you one, doctor. I had a I run a company, and and I I'm, about a year ago I went through about a two to three year thing I was trying to accomplish, and I finally accomplished it. And uh, when we got it accomplished, well, all of a sudden it was that moment when I finally knew I had it accomplished. That moment, and my husband said, "Well, what do you I have some lunch?" And I said, "Yeah, let's go over there." And well, doctor, they were closed, so but they had their pastries and everything around and. They made these cookies of just huge, like tea saucer size cookies, thick even. And I'm going and I'm looking down, doctor, at this cookie. And uh, they had chocolate chip and they had oatmeal raisin. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to go to the chocolate chip. I know it's to die for. I'll be a sinner, but oh, and, and every inch of that cookie 
tasted so good because I knew it was too big. I was going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> and when I was all done, I thought, oh, God, that was a good cheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt so good to... to um, that was my, my committing suicide type thinking. In other words, I've accomplished what I had to accomplish. It's done. It's over. I'm ready to go to the next accomplishment. So I awarded myself with the biggest chocolate chip cookie you could ever see in your sure. life. Sure, and I think that's totally okay. And I think rather than, you know, people heading to the cookie like, oh, I shouldn't do this, or oh, it's going right to my butt, or oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm be- yeah. misbehaving, or I'm sinning, or whatever it is, eat it with positivity and say, I deserve this cookie right Might now. Your I'm going to you know, eat this, right? <laughs> And I actually, I, I hate to leave, but I've, I have to go. That's okay. <laughs> I have, we're done. We're done, too. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and I was going to talk to you about coconut water. That's another one that I like to eat, uh, drink is a good, mm-hmm. sweet coconut water that's natural. Well, thank you for being with us. I know you have things to do with your patients and things to do, but it was a lot of fun. I wish you well on everything you do, and I hope we can have you on again someday. Oh, I would love that. And if people want to find more information about me, let me give you my website. It's um, thealternativemedicinecabinet.com, and my book is okay. there, and resources and all that good stuff. You have a nice day, and thank you for your time today. Oh, I so appreciate it, Sharon. Thanks Very so much. special. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I enjoyed every minute that Kathy has given of her life and her commitment as a mission. You know, I've said to you that our guests are the most important people to this show and to the world because these people that we bring on are all people that are dedicated to giving back to their lives. I started a new research project studying what, what is social entrepreneurs, people who go, uh, do, are very entrepreneurish, and they're people who get into being an entrepreneur because they think they can make the world a better place. And that's something to look at. Everything you touch is, can it make a better place for everybody to be able to live and, and, and really give something back or you be able to participate in the world out there, not just in the location you're at. I'm going to go back to World Water Day before the show is over today. We have World Water Day coming up on March 22nd. And when you're thinking about that day, uh, all over the world, it has been designated by the United Nations to think about the water, of the issues of water. Without the water on the planet Earth, what would it be doing with the solar influence of the rest of the solar system? As many of you know, I did a press release with uh, Blessings with NASA and NOAA. We discussed in that press release about the influence of water on Earth with the moisture that's in the air called humidity, water, and what it might be doing with the rest of the solar system because we have the water. But when we have the water that is so vital to everybody's life on Earth, on World Water Day, let's put a special prayer out that we understand that those children uh, that are dying a day, several thousand children, estimated 5,000 children are dying a day because they don't have water. They're dying. The people of those countries and in our country here in America should take a guilt of not making sure that everybody has an abundance of water to drink for their sanitary conditions to do what they need to do How could we ever have food without agriculture having water to grow our food? So we must have the water to have to drink for uh, our oxygen and healthier uh, diets every day. Plain water, nothing with any added addition to the water. Then you need to have the sanitation, the water for sanitation. 
then you, for, that's for flushing that toilet and washing your hands and doing a lot of your laundry to make sure that's clean. But then you also, your food has to be grown with water. Water is what makes everything grow, whether it be a healthier person or your food to grow. So stop and think about what is going on with the water wars. Why do you think that Yemen is having problems for decades? It's the water issue. They don't have enough water. Why do you think that in the United States we're having water issues? Because somebody, some state has the water, but other states don't, and they're having to pipe the water to other states who don't have water. And that causes eventually, if something happens, water wars. Why do you think Saddam Hussein did more than mass destruction with what he did to his culture, his civilians? He caused one of the worst they ever said in history, other than the weapon of mass destruction. You're thinking he took, when he got upset with them in one area of the tribes, he took away all their water. And they died right off. All the families, the generations died off. They said it was the worst weapons of mass destruction that anybody had ever done is take complete water away. So stop and think about that today. And we have Earth Day coming on March 21st. Well, I want to thank you for listening. As I've told you many times, Earth has a secret. Embrace your life. Embrace the water. Embrace everybody's life. But make sure with me those 5,000 children a day are going to live. We're going to make sure as a group, as an audience, as a team. Earth is whispering, though. Don't say goodbye. Leave your footprint behind because your, you're joining your mission with the rest of us. We're going to be important to what we left behind because we're going to leave missions of what we think is important for everybody to be safe and save lives. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.